You're listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast, where we explore the connection between running and positive mental health. We do this by talking to runners from all walks of life who generously share their experiences with us. So you don't miss an episode, I've created an email list for you to join. Check the show notes for more details. Without further ado, I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. Today we talk to Tom Rowan. Tom is an American with a successful t-shirt company, but he also loves to run ultra trail races all the way around the world. Plus, he's a husband and a father of two young boys. How on earth does he fit it all in? Listen to this podcast and you'll find out. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I am excited to introduce you all to Tom Rowan. Hello, Tom, and welcome. Hello, glad to be here. Tom's all the way from the United States of America, and like a number of people on the podcast, I've never actually met him before, so I'm just as excited as everyone out there listening to get to know more about Tom. So I'm very excited to uh, to hear where you grew up, for example. I grew up on a in a small town. Yeah. Uh, about 700 people in the middle of Iowa. Oh, really? 700. Well, see, I say to people, I grew up on a small island over here in Australia, which has about a thousand people. And people usually go, wow, that's so small. But 700 people, that's even smaller. That's crazy. So we, were you like um, farming people? What did your, what sort of occupation yeah, um, did your parents so- have? Both my parents came from farm families and so grew up uh, with a lot of cousins, um, nearly a hundred cousins combined. No Uh, way. My mom mom and dad have big families. So always surrounded by family and cousins and everything else. And, uh, you know, high energy as a kid. And that energy is is, uh, kept with me as I've gotten older. That's amazing. So do you have a lot of siblings as well? Uh, I've got uh, four siblings, yes. You do? So there's five of you. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at school, were you into sports? Was that a, a thing? Like you said, you were high energy. Did that look Yeah, like- I played I played baseball for a little bit. And then in it kind of funny, you know, looking back, I, I ran uh, cross country in high school. Yeah, but I was out for more of the social aspect of it, and not okay. so much the running. Yeah, um, you know, I, I was the type of guy that I was always looking for the shortcut, um, how I could get out of running. Um, you know, if it was an eight mile uh, workout night, I was trying to run four or five. Uh, wow. If I saw my friends driving by in a car, I'd try to hop in and, and get a <laughs> ride with them. And it was so crazy looking back. I'm like, gosh, my coach probably just really did not enjoy me on the team because I was I was not in it, uh, you know, for the right reasons in high school. That's for sure. That's funny. <laughs> so, what did you what did you study when you get out got out of um, high school? What was your? I I went to a small private college and studied business and computer graphics. And then as soon as I graduated, I started a t-shirt business in my parents' basement. 
of course. And uh, we've been, I've been doing that since and have, have grown that business. It's uh, 1-800-T-shirts.com. Wow. And we've grown that to, you know, shipping T-shirts uh, all over the world, quite frankly. So, so you really are one of those people who started their business, you know, as a teenager or as a, you know, young 20-year-old in their parents' garage and then took it on to become a business that employs other people and, and you know, sustains your lifestyle and all of that. Yeah. That's amazing. So how long ago was it that you started it, the company? Um, I started it in 2005, oh, so wow. 18 years. Yeah, coming up to 20 years. That's big. Yeah. Do, do you find, I mean, this is all personal stuff, nothing about running. Do you, do you find the uh, the things that you learn in business school helped or was it just, you know, yeah, I don't know. How did you how did you find the business school element when it came to then starting a business of your own? Um not a whole lot. <laughs> so you know, you, it's it's the fundamentals, right? But really you, you learn a lot on your own and you know what happens in the real world is a little bit different than in a textbook. Yeah. Textbook is typically theory and uh you know some of the principles of what's what should happen or could happen. Uh, but yeah. then once you're actually deep in the trenches, uh, you know, the, you can't learn that uh, in a classroom. That's so that hands-on experience and learning the hard way in a lot of ways is, is the experience that you, you gain, you learn from and you build upon. Yeah. When, when uh, I started online in about 2000 as a business person in about 2002 and what it, it does not look anything like the online landscape. So just imagine how your company has has changed and morphed from that time in 2005 to what it would be now. You know, it's completely different, I would think, be like comparing apples and oranges, really. Yeah, and, and really we continue to evolve and morph every year, you know, mm-hmm. from the customer experience to the systems and processes we're doing on the back end, yeah. uh, every gross stage we hit um it's a different business so yeah. you know i say if, if you did business with us three or four years ago or even last year and you had a good experience or a bad experience we're probably not the same company today you know as we were when you worked with us previously as we continue to constantly improve yeah for ways we can do better um you know on a customer experience side but then also on efficiency ways and um yeah. you know things that we're doing internally within the company mm, that's exciting um do you i know this is not a business podcast but of course <laughs> so my background is a little bit so i'm always just interested in people's stories in that regard too um did you oh, what was a question i wanted to ask about it oh um do you service outside of america or are you just a, like you send you know or to north america yeah i mean Mainly uh, the U.S., but, you know, we've shipped all over the world. Mm. Uh, you know, just logistically gets a little more complicated yeah. with, um, you know, paying for the shipping and everything else that, yeah. that goes with that. But, yeah, we have we have clients. Uh, we ship stuff to the U.K., um, oh, wow. done stuff to Switzerland. And, and then we also have, you know, partners that we know, um, whether it's in Australia or the U.K., yeah. that if if timing or logistics of shipping doesn't work, mm-hmm. uh, we've partnered with print shops in those locations uh, to be able to fulfill those orders. That's awesome. 
Oh, well, anyway, I'll put the link in the, the show notes. Anybody's interested in following up and because we have people listen all over the world, obviously, too. So not just here in Australia. So you never know. You might get <laughs> some orders for T-shirts. And I noticed you do other things, too, like promotional type of things as yeah. well. So I thought that that was really cool. Anyway, thank you for filling us in on that. Now, um, when you were at business school, so we've talked a little bit about you being at school and doing, you know, cross country. When you were at business school, did you do any sport then? Was that a part no. of your life? No. No. What about um, once you started the business? Because then your time becomes like being a business owner myself. I know you're very pressed for time. So yeah, really, the first um, first first probably seven or eight years, it was uh, working, yeah. uh, a lot of hours. I mean, any hours I was awake, it was working day, night, weekends, mm-hmm. you name it to, to build the foundation to get off the ground. It wasn't until probably about seven or eight years into the business. And we were doing t-shirts for a 5k race and yeah. it was for a local charity. Yeah. And I got to thinking, all right, I'm, I'm almost 30 years old. Mm-hmm. I could probably get in a little bit better shape and I want to support this charity. So I signed up for the 5k and okay. <laughs> I'm very competitive. Uh-huh. So I ran the 5k and, and, uh, I was like, okay, well, I'm not quite at my time that I had in high school. So then a couple uh-huh. weeks later, we we're doing t-shirts for another 5k and I said, all right, I'm going to sign up for this one and hopefully improve on my time. And that kind of just kept evolving. And then, uh, it was, the 10k and then uh, i talked to my wife and we both kind of had our bucket list to do a half marathon and then a full marathon so oh. we searched them out and we ended up finding a half marathon in chicago and trained for that uh you know over a period of time and mm-hmm. ran that and didn't die and we were like wow this is this is good and then we we worked our way up to the full marathon oh, after wow. that Wow. So it was, it really was that progression, you know, your people start at five, 10, 21 and, and off to the 42. That's kind of how it happened. And the both of you did most of those. So you've run with your wife a lot. Is that? Yeah. And so we were doing, so after the first uh, full marathon, uh, we were at the race expo as a rock and roll marathon. Yeah. And I interviewed with chocolate milk and they uh, wanted to sponsor me basically because, you know, growing up in the farm family and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, they said they'd pay for our race entries. What? So that year um, we ended up doing, I don't have the exact number, but I, I think it was something like four full marathons and like oh. eight half marathons. Uh, basically amazing. every other weekend we were traveling somewhere Um you know, we were just, you know, newly engaged as well. Yeah. And so we we're just kind of having this amazing uh, time traveling and doing all this stuff. And we got to the end of that year and uh, a couple of people I met, they go, they're asking me about this. And they said, you realize that's not normal what you guys are doing. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they said, well, most people do like one event a year, maybe two or three. Mm-hmm. You guys are doing one like every other weekend. That's amazing. Uh, and so I was like, oh, well, that's, just, you know, I didn't know any different. Um, and so I was like, that's just what we're doing and we're having fun and everything else. And so then, you know, the goal after that was to qualify for the Boston Marathon. 
Yeah. And so that that goal was it it took um I think it ended up taking four or five years to to reach that goal. Yeah. Um in in the meantime, so we're we're continuing to do marathons and half marathons and everything else for a couple more years. Yeah. And I kept feeling like Boston's out of reach. Well, in this time I I'd met a guy that was running on the trails and I asked him what he was training for. And he said a 50 mile race. And I looked at him like, what are you talking about? (laughs) What do you mean 50 mile race? And he goes, Oh yeah, we run on the trails instead of the roads and there's races farther than a marathon. And I was like, there's no way that's even possible. Right. (laughs) And so then the wheels got spinning. I'm like, okay, well this Boston thing is out of reach. I'm going to try for the 50 mile race. Like let's, let's go for that. And it's almost double it. (laughs) Yes. And so once, once I got on the trails, I really just fell in love with uh, being in nature and being on the trails. And then the, um, how different it was from the roads and especially on the recovery and just how much I love that. And then of course ran the 50 miler, everything was fine. Um, and learn about hundred milers. So I had to, I had to do that, right? Like that was the next progression. Uh, oh so signed up for my first hundred miler. So how and old were you then? Time, Sorry to, um, I know we're skipping through the time. How old were you then? I'm trying to get a. Um, so that would have been, um, it was 2016. Yeah. Um, so I was, uh, eight, eight years ago. Okay. Um, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. And so at this time, um, while I'm training for the hundred miler, I was like, okay, well, I've got a lot more training now. I'm going to run a marathon as part of the training. You know, I mean, the, the weekends are getting long anyways. Yeah. And so I finally qualified for Boston <laughs> while I wasn't even training specifically for, you know, wow. the marathon distance. It was just by that point, um, the cumulative of multiple years of running yep. and everything else kind of stacking up um, just kind of got me to that point. And That's then I, I even feel like maybe even the pressure of not worrying about qualifying for Boston also helped yeah. get me there as well. Absolutely. Oh, so then you went off and did Boston, I assume, now that you qualified in what, 2016, 17? Is that when you did it? Yes. Um, let's see. I did Boston. I think it was 2018. It was okay. the year Des Linden won. And yeah. there was the torrential downpours, oh. 38 degrees, oh, 25 mile an hour headwinds. <laughs> Absolutely the worst conditions possible. Um, but awesome. I was looking forward so much. I ran with a smile on my face. I had no expectations going in, but to just high, like my goal was high five as many people as possible and just embrace every moment, even though the weather was just absolutely the worst I've ever ran in. Um, But I I still just embraced it and had fun. Oh, I love that. (laughs) So back to the hundred milers, you, you have now done a few of those. You developed this um, passion, desire to get on the trails and do the ultras. Yes, I've done five and uh, going to be completing my sixth one here with UTMB. 
and in just a couple know, looking, of weeks after this yes, uh, recording. Yeah. So I <laughs> uh, just, so, you know, started that. And then of course uh, you go for the, the pinnacle um, is Western States. Yeah. And so after seven years of, you know, qualifying and getting the lottery, I finally got picked last year and I ran Western States last year. Oh wow! And then that got me the qualification for UTMB and luckily got selected in the lottery on utmb the first time in um so you know, i had to had to go for that this year i have to tell you like on the podcast i think i've now talked to four or five people who are going to utmb like i feel like oh, i'm missing cool. a party <laughs> it's like everybody's going there it's just amazing i'm so um so excited for everyone to watch it as well it's um, you know, before we got on, you were talking about, you know, you're about to head into the taper and how you're feeling about that. How are you feeling about the race itself, the UTMB race? And is that's your next thing? Um, really good. I'm I'm just super excited for the atmosphere, mm-hmm. um, being surrounded by all these amazing runners throughout the world. Um, but at the same time, there's this, uh, there's this unknown yeah in my head of you know the mountains are much bigger there than they are in iowa because iowa we don't have any mountains um so you know there's that unknown of going from um you know not much to try to you know conquering thirty-three thousand feet of climb and descent and starting um at night you know it's a different Mm -hmm. thing and going throughout that first night and possibly into a second night Mm -hmm. Um, so there's all these things that are are different and new, even though, you know, I've done these previous hundreds and a lot of other races. Um, this one is just, you know, it's on a big pedestal because it's, it's the, the biggest in the world type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's got all these other factors sprinkled in that um, excite me, but scare me a little bit at the same time, because it's like, okay, no matter how much we prepare, no matter how much we train um, and everything else, we just, it's that unknown of what's going to happen and then how are we going to adjust and keep going forward to get uh, to the next aid station, to get to the next uh, mile marker, Mm. and then ultimately to get to the finish line. So how do you, how do you deal with those thoughts? I mean, we haven't described them as angst, you know, anxieties or whatever, but they, they are, you know, they're a little bit frightening as well as, as, as exciting. They have that double sort of side coin, aren't they? How do you deal with the the thoughts that aren't so positive? Yeah. You know, the, the like, Oh, I'm a bit worried. Cause I don't know about blah, blah, blah. How do you talk to yourself? Um, I, I try to, I try to turn it into excitement and curiosity mm-hmm. uh, because I know you know, I've I finished races before where I didn't, if it came easy, I, I fit my first hundred, um, you know, I finished, I got to the finish line and I didn't have this big sense of fulfillment or mm-hmm. satisfaction even okay. because I didn't, I was expecting something to happen. Mm. I thought something was going to happen and I'd prepared for something to happen and nothing happened. It was, it, it went you know, fairly smooth. So, um, I like to push myself mentally is, and then 
when I pushed past that, because I, I've unlocked a level and the next day and I'm looking back, I'm like, whoa, I went to a, a whole different level that I didn't even think was possible or was out there. And you realize that your potential is that much greater. And yeah. that's the part that really excites me. And, um, and I know when I'm going through that moment, I'm like, all right, all I'm doing right now is I'm pushing to a new level and mm-hmm. I've got to embrace that. And then uh, find all the little tips and tricks to get me through that uh, that little that breaking point. Wow! Oh, it's kind of exciting. Um, do you still live in Iowa? You said you did, yes. but not in the same town. No, we're just um, about fifteen miles away from the same town. So the the current town we're in is around sixty thousand people. Yeah. And so a little bit bigger, we've got a couple (laughs) nice parks here with some trails and, uh, you know, some, some little hills. So, uh, we, we get a little bit of climbing in, uh, but not definitely not mountains, uh, I would say. And does you, how, what does your wife's running look like as well now? Like you said, you, you started together in this adventure. What what is her? So now she, she mainly, uh, focuses on the Peloton. So, uh, she, she doesn't run uh, anymore. She she does the Peloton and then she is the head crew chief and make sure that I stay alive. I stay, uh, you know, great nutrition plan and stay on top of that and everything else really uh, I need before the race, during the race and after the race. And so that's uh, a huge factor in the whole thing as well. Wow. Yeah. I don't know those people who haven't done an ultra of any sort um, probably don't quite understand the importance of your crew that come out and help you and, and support you in these big endeavors. So, you know, that it's awesome that your wife is <laughs> is really good at that and, and really wants to support you like that too. I think that's fantastic. Um, you guys have children, you said earlier? Yes, uh, two boys, ages five and seven, mm-hmm. and they're uh, very active with a lot of energy as well. I think they, they get that from me. How strange. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound like your wife is, uh, is, doesn't, uh, you know, isn't lacking energy either. It sounds like she's... No, she's got a lot a as lot. well. So, yeah, it's, it's a nice combination, and, uh, and we love it. That is awesome. Um, how do you, like, I, we often talk on the podcast about how we fit it in. Like those of us who've been running for a long time, you know, like you, but you have children and you have, you know, a business that's, um, you know, hasn't just stayed stayed static or anything that's been, you know, you even used it in the early days that was pretty full on that I'm sure it still is very, very, could be all consuming if you allowed it to. So how do you fit it in? And also how do you prioritize it? Because we've got family and the business, they all would be desiring you know, your time and your energy and, and to be prioritized. So how do you d- deal with that side of life? Um, you know, it, t- it takes a big sacrifice and a lot of support from the rest of the family. And, you know, I, I try to do what I can to um, minimize that impact on them, on the business, anything else. And so for me, it's, you know, sacrificing sleep. If I have to wake up mm-hmm. at 3 a.m., you know, to get that in before work um, or before a soccer game or 
you know, however it goes, yeah. um, you know, while, while traveling or on vacation, same thing, you know, just try to work around the schedules and figure out, you know, how can we make this work? Uh, do I have to go at 10 PM or 3 AM or what yeah. time of day, you know, can we fit this in? Yeah. So it's really, well, you have a coach. You, you said that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, have you always had a coach or is that, you know, depending um, just on the, event? the last two years for uh, Western States and UTMB, mm-hmm. you know, the caliber of those races, I really wanted to make sure that I had a good plan in place. And then also the accountability, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I know in, in years past where I've had my own training plans, it's a little easier if you don't have someone holding you accountable to, mm-hmm. you know, miss a few workouts or, yeah. or you might have a couple weeks where you're not hundred percent dialed in and things like that. Uh, and what I've found the last two years of the coach is, you know, that accountability is a huge part in having that structure around the training. You know, yeah. I, I think this year I've only missed one training run. Oh, wow. Um, and so, you know, having that is, is helped out a lot. It's my coach is AJW, mm-hmm. uh, Andy Jones Wilkins, and he's, a um, just an amazing, uh, ultra, mm-hmm. uh, runner who has a lot of accomplishments to his name, 10 finishes at uh, Western States, you know, including a lot of, I think maybe actually all of them top 10. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's got quite a few accolades to go uh, with it as well. Yeah. That's awesome. We could always put a link to his stuff as well, if you want in, in the show notes so people can check him out. Um, so having, having a coach, I guess, I suppose I'm trying to think about it from a planning perspective because it's a bit of my personality, but that when you have a coach, that it's it's useful because they can set this is what you're going to do and then you overlay what your responsibilities are as a dad and and as a business owner uh, and work out how to make it work, like you said before, if you have to go to sleep a bit earlier so you can get up at 3 o'clock to do that longer run or whatever. Um, I guess that's how you cope with all of that, like, being organized, I suppose, is really what I'm saying. You have to plan yeah. ahead because uh, it won't just, you know, you can't just get up one day and go, okay, what does he want me to do today? Because maybe it won't fit in with what the other schedule for the other things in your life. Because it's often an excuse for people who <laughs> don't get get started or whatever is because, you know, they haven't really thought thought about it ahead of time, even just a few days ahead of what they're going to be doing. So um, I always like to point those out because I think... <laughs> As I said, people use it as an excuse. Um, where are you thinking to go after UTMB? And I know that is a really hard question because you've been training for that now for some time, I assume, um, getting to UTMB. Do you have any goals after UTMB that are um, You know, I, yeah, I've been thinking, all right, what's next? Because this is the pinnacle yeah. of ultra running. And what does that look like? And in my mind right now, and I've been thinking about this a lot, I don't think there's another, after Western States and UTMB, I mean, those are the two big bucket list races. Um, I don't think there's another 100 miler that could live up to the hype or um, the scale of either of those two. So, you know, I think I'm definitely going to be taking a break from 100 milers and yeah. it, it might be my last one. Wow. Um, I think the 50 mile distance is a little bit more manageable yeah. uh, when it comes to training and recovery and everything else. Yeah. 
And I've also looked at, you know, maybe just taking a year where there's no races at all. Yeah. Uh, maybe look at some through hikes, uh, some uh, FKTs, yeah. some, you know, maybe doing like a Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim, to rim yeah. or some multi-day stuff where you're just going out exploring, um, no, you know, time commitments, mm -hmm. things like that. So just kind of maybe a little more free flowing. Uh, look for you know, some different trails yeah. to explore and do, but mm. not in a race format. Mm. Do you have, do you get nervous with races, like races in particular? Is that like, an, do you get a bit anxious about it? I know we talked about the unknown bits, but yeah. um, just about that, the competition element of it. Some of them I do. Uh, this one, because there's, you know, the, the elite of the elite runners, mm -hmm. um, I'm not really worried about the competition aspect of it mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm not really competing for a place. Mm -hmm. It's really just a competition against myself and, you know, my personal goals mm -hmm. for it. And I think a lot of the other ones are like that as well. However, when, you know, some of the smaller races where I know, um, you know, I'm going to be competing for a podium spot or, you know, possibly the top spot, those, um, you know, mentally it's a little different preparation because, you're not just running against mm -hmm. yourself or your own time, but you're, you're trying to compete against the other people in the mm -hmm. field. And, uh, that strategy changes then how you're doing aid stations, um, how you're pacing and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I like that part of it, uh, which, which is different in ultra running because you get so spread out and sometimes you can't see the person in front or behind you for mm -hmm. a lot of miles, yeah, you know, right. of it. And so, you know, I, I like the races where there's more people and it's a little bit tighter and you can feel that uh, competitiveness uh, and, you know, nothing is a bigger adrenaline rush for me than to pass somebody in the last hundred yards or even mm -hmm. the last um, couple of yards yeah. uh, with a nice sprint down to the finish when you least want to, or when your body least feels like yeah. you've got anything left in the tank and you can pull a little bit out and out. Uh, sprint somebody at the mm -hmm. end um that that's really exciting for me so as painful as 5k races are or 10ks um that's one part of it that i like on the shorter distances is having that all-out sprint at the end and uh yeah. you know seeing you can outdo the person right up to the last step yeah i like that too actually because i have a sprinting background from school so yeah, i quite like even if i've run a marathon or whatever i seem to still have a some sprint left right at the very end i think you just hold your breath and it's a different muscle structure <laughs> with your sprinting yeah so. but yeah that is fun so you don't want to be just in front of me at the end of a race <laughs> it gives you something to chase um what do you think your motivation is like why are you doing these runs like what motivates you not just the competition but just running in general like what motivates you to get up every day and train um i like the personal growth aspect of it mm -hmm. so seeing what i'm capable of doing um seeing how my body responds to that uh on a daily basis it's it's my it's my uh meditation it's my mental clarity yeah, yeah. with uh, family and business and a lot of stuff going on. Uh, if there's days I don't run, I don't have that clarity. So, you know, it's that hour in the morning to, um, sort out my mind and my thoughts 
and figure out my day, uh, plan that out, kind of going through my head. Um, I've got like this ADD of a lot of ideas and a million things going on in my brain all the time. So this helps kind of declutter that Uh and um, maybe put some files towards the back and and move other ones towards the front and and focus on those. And then I I just also have just some really big um, visionary type things where uh, I I get a lot of clarity and focus um, when out on the trails and running. And and it's different for me um, when I'm on the trails and in nature versus on the road. Oh, that's interesting. I try to get as much as possible um, in nature on dirt trails versus the road because that clarity and that focus and just that the relaxation part of it um, is completely different. I wonder why, like, because a lot of what we talk about is mindfulness as well, mindfulness while you're moving and running. And I wonder whether it's the fact that you're needing to focus on the trails a little bit more about where you put your feet and you know, what's around the next corner, because there is that unknown, even on a trail that you go on all the time, weather and circumstance can change the path quite quickly, as you, as you would know, like, so you have to be careful where you're putting your feet. So maybe that makes you more mindful, more present, and therefore the clarity of thoughts a bit sharper. Whereas if you're just running along a footpath or along the road where the, the surface stays quite consistent, your mind can just go off like it does all over the place and not necessarily honed into any particular problem or any whatever that you're trying to work on. I don't know. That's just a theory. Yeah. There's, there's definitely the, those components of, you know, the focus of what you're doing on the trail mm-hmm. um, in your feet. But then also I, I feel like the other senses are there as far as uh, the sounds, you know, yeah. the birds and yeah. um, the smells and um, visual, everything mm-hmm. is just so much different. Um on the trails and there is the road. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just feel like that, that component, uh, it's just a mix of a lot of things that, mm. that change. Yeah. I love that. Um, I will say though, I have been, because being an entrepreneur as well for a long time, um, there have been times where I thought what I, I came up with while I was running, especially on a really long run was brilliant. Uh, when I stopped running, not so brilliant. <laughs> so, I sometimes think you get to a stage where there's not that much oxygen left in your brain because it's keeping your body going on those longer distances. And um, maybe my thought has not been as coherent, (laughs) even though it felt like it was great at the time. I'm not sure if you've had that experience (laughs) or you just always have great. Yeah. Well, I've had a lot go through my head while running. That's for sure. (laughs) I love it. Um, can you think of a time in your business where running has helped shine a light on a problem or, or just, you know, really been the linchpin that if you, if you hadn't been able to go for a run or whatever, you maybe couldn't have got through whatever that thing is very easily. Yeah. That's um, I mean, basically everything I deal with in business. So I, I look at, I look at, there's so many correlations and, uh, you know, one, one example is during COVID when everything was getting shut down and, uh, you know, we had to lay off a bunch of workers and things like that. Ouch. Um, people were asking like, why are you not stressed out? Why are you mm. so positive during all this? And mm. how are you getting through this and managing the stress of it and everything else? 
And to me, um, I wasn't really stressed out. I was, you know, able to handle it fine. And, and the reason was because I put myself in so many tougher situations, mm-hmm. um, running and trying to, yeah. you know, finish a hundred mile race or, you know, on the side of a mountain or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was like, um, those breaking points and those stress levels were at a different level Mm. compared to the stuff business was throwing at me. And so whether it's, um, you know, dealing with, uh, any, you know, maybe it's an employee situation or a customer situation or whatever, like something that may stress people out on a regular basis. Um, to me, I don't, it doesn't really cause any big alarm or, Mm. uh, any triggers because I've, I've gone through so much harder, th- so many mm. harder things that a lot of this is, is kind of minimal, uh, in comparison. So it's really stretched that capacity, which, um, makes a lot of things easier for me. And, and then just having like that reason that, uh, resiliency and that grit, uh, the determination, um, you know, keeps us pushing forward no matter what obstacles get put in our way. We, uh, we talk a lot about comfort and the fact that, you know, our modern society is built for us to get more and more comfortable and that's what everybody aims for. And yet it's in those times when we get ourselves uncomfortable, whether we're running ultras or we're even just training, but just daily giving ourselves a little bit of discomfort, if not a lot of discomfort, I think it builds up, as you said, those resilience um, muscles in your body and in your mind so that you can cope when when life throws you a COVID situation or whatever you know life life is never going to be completely easy for anyone at any time so if you can strengthen the muscles to cope with those through your running by getting uncomfortable regularly um, it's a great idea I love it and I love that explanation too um can you think of a time when your run, it doesn't have to be a race. It could have just been a training run where everything just flowed and, you know, you felt amazing. And can you reflect on a time when that happened for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've had a couple during this training block, um, probably about a month ago mm-hmm. where, you know, there were um, 25, it was, you know, a 25 mile run in there and a 30 mile run in there that just seemed like completely effortless. It felt like I was floating, um, and went by very quickly and I got done and it was just the ultimate runner's high. Um, I felt so good. I, you know, I wanted to like shout at the top of mountain or tell everyone like how amazing I felt after this race. Uh, or after this run, it wasn't even a race. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I was running by myself. Yeah. Um, but it was just like one of those days where, um, you know, nutrition must've been dialed in. Yeah. The, the weather was perfect. Everything was just, just felt absolutely right. And it was after, you know, a tough week, uh, both in business and everything else. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, a couple runs there where it was like, wow, this is, just magical feeling that you want to bottle up and be able to, yeah. you know, Repeat. recapture that feeling anytime you can. I love that. Now you said you were running by yourself. Um, do you mostly run by yourself? Do you find? Or yeah, you most, most of the time, because, you know, my schedule mm. and um, my training plan does not match up 
I've got a couple really good friends who we try to pair up uh, at least once a week yeah. on a run. And, and these guys are um, Ironman athletes. And so they're just tough as nails and amazing to run with and great camaraderie and everything else. So I love the opportunity time I can, I can run with other people mm-hmm. and get the camaraderie and everything else going and, and even a little competition, you know, yeah. with them as well. Yeah. And so, yeah, most, most of the miles are solo, but anytime I can get with someone else, um, that accountability and camaraderie is, is priceless. You love it. Do you do any gym stuff, any strength work as well? Is that set by your coach or are you just running as a training? Um, a little bit, not as much as I should. And, and some of that's a time constraint. So yeah. I'll, I'll do a little bit on the Peloton. I'll do uh, some light weights mm-hmm. and some core. Um, yeah. But I definitely know like that, that is an area, especially as I get older, I just turned 40. Yeah. And as I get older, uh, stretching and a, a little bit more in the weights, uh, you know, will definitely help um, as, you know, with strength, recovery, everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's, that's something I definitely need to work on. Yeah. I can tell you now I'm in my fifties and ignored a lot of that through my running, <laughs> but now I'm into it. So it's uh, you should start it now <laughs> and then you won't have to do as much catch up. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Um, do you listen to anything when you're running or do you run without, without anything or a mixture? Yeah. So um, I'll mix it up. Uh, sometimes it's an audio book, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which, if it's a five or six hour run, I can, you know, crank yeah. through a full book, which is kind of fun. Especially at time and otherwise, <laughs> Yeah. Always um, podcasts uh, occasionally. And then, you know, I'll mix music in there. So kind of just depends. Um, some days if, if mentally I just need a light day, it's, mm-hmm. it's real easy listening music just to have something yeah. on. Um, some days it's no music at all. I just, mm-hmm just going completely silent um and letting my brain do all the yeah all the all the talking and yeah. and then other times it's, it's podcasts and, and yeah. books so it just kind of depends on the day and some days on the longer runs i'll break it up i might start off with a few podcasts or a book and then switch to music mm-hmm. and then maybe uh turn everything off by the end of the run mm. do, do you have any days where it's like I really don't want to go today. Like I know we talked about you when you've self-coached, sometimes you let yourself off. Um, if you do have days where you're like, I really don't want to do whatever's been set, how do you get yourself out there? Is it just the scary big race that's coming up that makes you tick, like get out the door? Or do you have like, you know, you prepare your clothes or you, do you have any tips yeah. for getting through that, making those moments which um, we all have? My wife helps hold me accountable oh, for getting excellent. out of bed. Lovely. Uh, it's a big one. Yeah. During the winter months, it's, it's definitely harder than during the summer. So during the winter, you know, Do you snow? when it's uh, 10 degrees Fahrenheit outside and is you can hear the wind blowing. Is that, how cold is that? Is that? How cold is that in Celsius? Sorry. I'm asking from a metric perspective. Um, is it snowing? Do you, Does it snow in? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's like free. It's like belows i mean we we go on below zero like negative temps um and so you hear the wind blowing you you know it's freezing cold and you've got to get all bundled up to go out and you're in a warm bed um those are probably the toughest days to get out uh but i always know like any tough day once you're out there um 
you appreciate it. And once that run is done, you're like, wow, I feel so much better now that I got out and did this. And so I always know like the first step is just like one, get out of bed, uh, get dressed. And once you're dressed, like you're going to get out the door and once you're out the door, then you're good. You're good to go. Um, And you're always, you, you like never going to regret going out for a run. Yeah. That's so true. Uh, When do you think you first called yourself a runner? Or do you? Um, (laughs) I guess probably after, maybe after uh, the, I would say after like the first half marathon. Okay. Uh, I remember that year because in there, for some reason, um, we threw a, a sprint triathlon into the mix. Of course. And I was just always intrigued by, by them. I'm a terrible swimmer. Yeah. And it was like uh, a doggy paddling and back backstroke and whatever I could do, just keep moving forward in the water. Um, yeah. But I remember uh, signing up with a buddy of mine and we were walking our bikes to the bike trail. And there was a big sign that said athletes only beyond this point. <laughs> and I looked at him and he looked at me and he goes, uh, where are we supposed to go? <laughs> and that's so funny. <laughs> so the joke was we didn't feel like, you know, athletes or we were even supposed to be there um, <laughs> at that time. But I think after the, the first half marathon, I was like, okay, I, we're, you know, we're, we're runners now. Like that's what we're doing. I love that. Um, so have you had any injuries with your running? Um, let's see, nothing significant. Uh, last year I had uh, a tight IT band mm-hmm. uh, for a little bit, did a little PT to, to get yeah. that loosened up. Um, the year before um, my platella tendon uh, got a little tight. Okay. And what, what I've realized with both of those that, you know, I wouldn't call them injuries because it didn't mm-hmm. shut me down completely. Yeah. It was more of, I had a muscle imbalance. I had tightness from not stretching. Mm-hmm. It was more of my body saying, Hey, you know, you're supposed to be stretching. Why aren't you stretching? Yeah. <laughs> um, or you need to work on some muscle imbalances of your, your quads are getting much stronger, but you're not paying attention to your hamstrings or your glutes yeah. or whatever the case is. Yeah. And so whatever's tighter pulling or whatever's hurting, it actually probably isn't that area. It's something either above or below it yeah. that's pulling on it and, and telling you that it needs some attention. It's like, look at me, <laughs> look at me. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So if, if you couldn't run for a period of time, if you got an injury that took you out for, you know, six weeks or something, how would you cope with that? How would you, what are the thoughts running through your brain if you couldn't run for, for a period? Um, I would be, I would be fine with, I would, I would look and say, all right, how can it, you know, if I had a big race coming up or something, yeah. um, I would look and say, all right, what are the alternatives that I can do to maintain uh, a level of fitness? Yeah. Uh, so if an elliptical worked or going on the Peloton work or swimming work, or, you know, what are the alternatives? And it's just, figuring out something to stay active. And, you know, I get that, that question from um, friends a lot who say, well, yeah. I can't run because I have bad knees yeah. or, you know, some injury or something. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, 
the reason I, you know, I do what I do or we do what we do with running in, in having that outlet, uh, you know, from a mental standpoint or a competitive standpoint or whatever we're doing, that's just running is just one vehicle to get us there. Right. Yeah. But so I just said to him, well, if running is not your thing, you can still get all the benefits that we go for of, um, you know, finding these limits that we're pushing, getting that mental clarity, um, getting that self-discipline, all these things. It, it could be something else. It could be swimming. It could be mountain biking. It could be road cycling. It could be rowing. Um, it might just be weightlifting or yoga mm. or pickleball or something else. Absolutely. But Absolutely. the key is just like be active and find that that thing that is going to get your blood moving, get uh, you mentally, you know, focused or engaged mm -hmm. or or clear up some of that space through physical activity. It's really just physical activity to get the endorphins, to get the blood moving, all that. Um, so whatever that is, um, find that thing that works for your body and yeah. for like your personality and what's going to work. Cause some people are like, I just don't like running because it's boring or they just, they don't enjoy it. So I'm like, well then don't run. If you don't enjoy it, like don't force yourself to do it because then it's counterproductive if you don't find joy in it. Mm. Yeah. I'd probably just tell everyone to find joy in it. Get over it. <laughs> <It's so Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, everybody should run because like, our ancestors were either food or we didn't catch any food <laughs> if we didn't run. So our ancestors were the runners because they got away from the uh, things trying to eat us and they caught food so we could eat. So we're all we all have it. We just need to. Um, yeah, there's, there's lots of conversation you could have about, you know, our modern society and how we're we're now trapped into this, um, you know, I've got five children and you hear, you know, I'm bored or I'm whatever, but it's because we're so now used to being entertained all the time. You know, you mentioned running can be boring, but, you know, we don't find it boring um, because we found a way through that in, in a way. Yeah. Cause we pushed our way through it and worked out. We could have those conversations forever and ever, but now is not the time. Cause I know it's getting late for you. Um, so if you hadn't started running, and it seems silly at this end of the conversation to bring this up, but if you hadn't started running, um, how do you think your life would be? Like, what would your life be missing if you had to choose one thing? What do you think you wouldn't have around anymore? Like, what's it done for your life? Um, gosh, it's it's done so much that it's it's really hard to measure. Mm. And, you know, between the travel and the people I've met along the way and the transformation from uh, self-discipline, yeah. the um, resiliency, all those things that, you know, I mentioned that that have built up, um, you know, on a personal level that have mm -hmm. then applied to other situations I've been in in life, whether it's in business or family or anything else. Um you know, running has provided those, uh, you know, aspects of personal growth. Mm -hmm. And so with, without that, I would definitely be in a, a completely different spot, uh, mm. career wise and maybe yeah. family wise and everything else. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely helped, help get me, um, to where I am and the accomplishments that, that go along with that. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, how long do you think you'll run for Tom? Gosh, I, I don't know. And, and, and I think maybe going on that last, um, that last part, it's, 
how long how long do I go for? How long does my body allow me to mm. go for? And then after, what is what is the next thing? Is it cycling? Is it mountain biking? Mm. Is it rowing? Is it yoga? Um, or maybe some combination of those with running. Yeah. And um, so you know, a couple of friends I, I run with are in their their mid to late fifties, and I, yeah. I look at them as man, you are in such good shape. I hope I yeah. hope my body allows me to to do what you're doing for this many more years. Um, and, you know, ultimately, you know, I want to keep doing it for as long as I can uh, mm-hmm. for myself personally, but then also to inspire others uh, to, you know, get off the couch and, and do, do something, go for it. Um, and, you know, so yeah, that's, that's the other balance right now is um, how can I do it, but then um, not push maybe to these uh breaking points that 100 yeah. milers do yeah so then i can maintain um you know for another uh decade or two and uh who knows i mean i would love to be uh that guy out there yeah setting the uh, age group record uh age 80 or 90 i love that you uh, kind of fun to to keep moving and and i like to see uh even in the what i call the the really nice gate um in that yeah. age group, it's, yeah. it's like, man, they're still going out and, and doing it and finding that joy in it. Yeah. And so as long as I can keep finding that joy and my body allows me to, uh, I hope I can run for as long as I can. Love it. I think, um, I think trail running in particular does, I mean, you would see, I'm sure in America, lots of um, older people in their seventies and eighties, even because trail running does have that forgiveness element to it in a way that you can, you know, it's got ups and downs. You can walk and you can whatever. And it's, you're out, it's kind of an exploration more than a race sometimes. Um, yeah. And the, the only thing you're running against is yourself and you want to get to the finish line or the next aid station or whatever, however you're chopping it up in your head. Um, yeah. I, I love that. I really do. I think running for as long as we can, if not, if that just means forever in my brain, but that's pretty much what you said, <laughs> pretty much forever. Um, do you, is there anything about running? Cause in a minute, I'll ask you for some tips for beginners so we can wrap it up and you can go to bed because I'm sure you've got to run in the morning. Uh, is, um, is there anything that we haven't talked about in running that you wanted to share um, before I ask you about tips for beginners? Um. No, I mean, it's just, you find, you know, you, you find the, the part that, that you love and embrace that, uh, whether that's racing for some that might be racing because they like the competitive aspect of it Yeah. or some, it might just be, you know, group runs with friends and the camaraderie of that, uh, mm-hmm. for others, you know, it's, it's crossing that next thing off the list. Uh, maybe it's the, the, um, the, the running or the race is the excuse to travel and it gives you that opportunity to travel and see new places, meet yeah. new people and do all yeah. those other things. Um, and, you know, maybe it's something else, but, you know, it's finding like, what is that, what part of it uh, is, is the best fit for you? Is it the roads? Is it mm. on a track or is it on the trails? And yeah. is it shorter distance, longer distance, somewhere in between? Yeah. And then, you know, what that all looks like. So I, I think it's just dialing in and finding that right, uh, right mix and the right fit mm. for you. Yeah. And even like, once you decide on one, that's not where you have to stay. <laughs> no, yeah. You can yeah. keep, you can keep switching it up. Yeah. I love that. Um, 
just before I ask you the tips, I remembered that I wanted to ask you about your kids. Do you do you feel you're a bit of an inspiration or inspiration and a um example is the word I'm actually looking for yeah. for your children? Is that yeah? I would, I would that? hope so. You know, I hope they see um you know me and my wife mm. living a healthy lifestyle, mm-hmm. both on what we eat and what we do. That we wake up in the morning. Yeah, the first thing we both do is work out. Um, you know, and we're eating healthy and and things like that and being active. And so, yeah, I hope, uh, you know, by example, they see that and they want to, you know, model, uh, after that. And, you know, I don't, I don't know what, you know, they've been trying a lot of different sports. I don't know what they'll get into, but I hope whatever they do, um, they pursue it with the passion and discipline, um, you know, that we do with Mm. what we do and, and they find joy in whatever they, they, uh, find Mm. as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. I think it's quite important that that element with the kids that they see their parents doing something as an adult and that exercise and sport isn't just something that kids do at school. Because then, you know, as they become adults, they'll also hopefully follow those paths or at least they'll be aware mm-hmm. of them as being possible for adults. All right. Now, it's been amazing to have you on and I really do appreciate your time knowing it's like 10 o'clock at night time for you at the moment. So be- before we wrap up, can you give me some tips for a beginner runner? If they came up and said, Tom, how do I get started? What would you suggest? Um, just you got to start somewhere. So just go by feel. Your body will tell you uh, kind of where you're at. You know, don't try to go out the gate and run five or 10 miles. Yeah. Uh, the The only way to, to do it is to start with one mile at a time and yeah. progress. Uh and then find that, find that joy, find, find the part that you, you like or enjoy. And like I said, whether that's solo and you're able to listen to some books or podcasts or music, or just get your head clear by going out solo and having that alone time, or maybe it's with friends and having that camaraderie and uh, the socialization part of it. So really just finding, finding that, that spot that works best for you. That's going to give you uh you know what you're looking for with that and then from there you know figuring out is it is it just that or do you want to get competitive do you want to race uh what are the personal goals that you want to set and you know try to achieve beyond um you know just going out the front door and and knocking out a couple miles yeah yeah that's awesome all right i again don't jump off straight away i need to um chat with you straight after the call as well, but I wanted to express my gratitude for you coming on late at night over in Iowa and and sharing with us some of your running journey. It's been very inspiring and we wish you the best of luck for your adventure in a couple of weeks over in France. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm glad to be on. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. I also wanted to let you know that I've created an email list so you won't miss any podcast episodes. You'll find details in the show notes and on the Fit Mind Fit Body website, along with a bunch of resources on mindful running. They'll help you to get and stay mentally and physically fit. And I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast 
and get inspired to start running and ultimately to improve their life. See you soon.